so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and I'm hosting tonight um, for first time back for me in quite a long while. Um, taking over from Ben, who's been doing a pretty good job uh, manning the well, the front, whatever the expression is, uh, while I've been gone. But yeah, thanks, Ben. And um, how are you now uh, here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's it's a pleasure, but um, you know, it's not it's not quite the same. I think we we do miss your your Scottish twang. Um, but no, it's been good, and um, yeah, glad glad to be back as we we review the last few games and preview the next few. Well, you like it certainly doesn't. I mean, it sounds like you you you've got things under control. I've been listening to it; it's been really good actually. And um, I feel uh, like right I now, don't, like I don't know what to say. I'm really struggling. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, you're you're natural. Um, I've 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 gotten better with practice, but you know, Alex, Alex, and uh, and Julia do make it easy. And um, and if they don't, I just whip them into into submission anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> well, I um, look forward to to. Uh, well, just getting back to what we do tonight. Um, but we're joined by someone else with us as well, actually, who's also returning from a long absence, much longer than me, though. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know how long it's been since you've been on. It's more than a year, though, I reckon. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I think it's been more than a year. And, and, and I'm sorry. I'm great. I'm, I'm very happy to to be back on the uh, Marseille podcast as well. Just uh, just blame it on the on the jet lag, on the time difference. Now, now we're back in almost okay time difference between Europe and Australia um, so hopefully I can uh, I can come and uh, and speak more rubbish with you guys um, hopefully positive one though no this weekend might not be the most positive podcast that I'm going to <laughs> no, but look, you, you've, you've also been busy with other things haven't you you've got your you emerged recent well recently a few months ago didn't you your own league on podcast that, that you're brave enough to to watch many league games. games um, still don't know how you do it um, and you put yourself through that sometimes very early in the morning for you in Australia, but no, it's, that is really good show. So um, yeah, you're a busy man. Thank you, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, the 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 Ligue 1 podcast Castellini is is with breaking the lines, and uh, yeah, and I'm lucky enough that I'll make a, a guest appearance on the official Ligue 1 podcast in in a couple of weeks. They uh, they didn't they didn't want to get me just after the Classico. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. Um, but I'll get there the the following week to uh, to probably talk about Marseille a couple of times before the World Cup break. So I'll uh, I'll do our colors uh, proud, but I'll also talk about the rest of Ligue 1 as uh, as I do. But yeah, today is all about blue and white, obviously. It's very exciting, Jeremy. And um, if you do uh, get a chance to talk about Marseille, just um, don't hesitate to try and do a shameful little plug for us, you know, um, while you're on there. I will. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> don't worry. I don't expect you to do that. Um, okay, so shall we? We've got a few games to catch up on. I think there's been three matches since we last podcasted, so um, we'll we'll cover those. So we'll start with uh, 
um, Liga, and um, so we've got a match against Angers and then uh, Ajaccio, um, and then we'll preview the uh, Sunday night, well next Sunday's game, uh, uh, the Classic uh, against uh, PSG, and we'll also talk about the Champions League. So we've got uh, last week's. Um, game against Sporting to cover and also this week's game against Sporting to look forward to so yeah plenty to talk about today um, so yeah um, should be fun and and as always with OM it's there's always ups and downs as well so you know, we know how it goes um, so yeah let's talk about Angie first that was a couple nearly a couple of weeks back now isn't it um, oh, not a couple of weeks but about um the weekend before last, so we were playing away from home against Angers. We came away with a 3-0 victory. Um, bit of a, as you, to steal your words, Ben, it was a bit of a master Klaus um, in that I think uh, Jonathan Klaus was, he scored one, didn't he, and he assisted two, and he was kind of the sort of player that made the difference in that game, even though he was playing out on the left side um, this time. But yeah, it was a it sounds like a much better result than it pro- than what the performance was really like. I think I'm going to say so. I don't think that we were actually that great for large chunks of the game. How did you guys see it? Did you think that the three nil is was a fantastic performance for us, or really just um, very misleading and and as a result of our opponents being really weak? I'll go first on this one, and then Jeremy, you you have the honour of uh, of covering the the miserable Ajaxo game first, mate. <laughs> but um, no, Steph, yeah, it, it was it was very flattering result. Um, you know, uh, during large parts of the game, I mean, it was the first game back after an international break. There were, you know, I think we all had questions over shits. You know, Klaus has played quite a bit for France and he was he was on, on a bit of dodgy form for them and for, for Marseille before the international break and he had the blinder thankfully. <coughs> um and then also he Trudeau um I, it's getting to this point and maybe this is a, a deeper topic but obviously there were a few people a few players that we had away on international duty and he got a full two weeks for the first time in a long time with the likes of Jason, Payette, Rongier um, you, know, you know, giving them a bit of seeing them in training and, and maybe getting them a bit more match fit to give them a chance, and that's exactly what he did. This, despite the debacle that the lineup was against um, Frankfurt in the Champions League with Payet and, and Jason on the pitch, who clearly, uh, you know, they, they're a bit of a handicap really, and we saw that again against Ajaxio on Saturday. But but they don't press and they don't they don't get themselves about as much as again Duzi does or, or or Narit does. They're not as decisive. For whatever reason, fitness or, or lack of complementarity, or just just maybe instructions from Tudor, who knows? But yeah, from the from the lineup, I was like, oh shit, he's trying this experiment again. However, deep down, we we all know that with the turnover and the number of games that we have in, in short succession, we've got to turn over. We've got to keep everybody involved. We've got to give everybody game time. Um, and also, you know, it, it's it's fucking Angers, right? I mean, it, it, this is Angers traditionally are a team that have given us a lot of trouble, especially away in the past, but they're not the Angers they were two or three years ago. I think they're very, very strong candidates to get relegated this season. So I think we were all predicting, weren't we, in the group chat? I mean, I said, look, I'll take a 1-0 win, sloppy, but I, I fully expect us to, to be pretty comfortable and get a result. And, and yeah, the score was very flattering because Klus was on fire. 
Um, and for whatever reason, whether it's a gap in quality or, or because Angers are just terrible, they um, they failed to to close down our main threat, which is the the, the wing backs. Um, so Cruz was playing on the left side actually because Tavares was suspended, Tudor was suspended as well, and we came away with a very flattering three 0 win. That um, yeah, frankly, you know Angers did have a couple of chances too, but yeah, the three 0 win made it look very comfortable. Whereas in fact. Uh, for the first sort of 55, 60 minutes, it was a bit dodgy. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, with Ben there. I think, and, and it might be Tudor football, right? It might be what, we're, what we've been treated with and what we will be treated with for the whole of season, which is um, it doesn't care about actually dominating or looking the better team as long as you don't concede and, and you score. Um, but, but it was, I think, maybe... I won't, I won't say lucky because you're playing against the, the worst defense in the league and um, and a team that, yeah, like Ben said, is probably going to to struggle to stay in league next season. But you just expect a bit more from, from the player that you have on the starting lineup. Uh, it, it was yeah the, the second or third time now that he put Payet and Jason together to try and have that, um, I guess, that build-up happening and that creativity up front. But it's still... I think it's still not working, and, and it's great that Jonathan Kloss was able to score one and assist two, but he also tells me that any team who's going to be smart enough to just close down the, the wing-back is going to get some something up on us. And, and I think Angers was clumsy up front, um, was pretty fragile defensively, so we were able to put the three in. Um, it was good to see that when we rotate, we're still able to get the results uh, on games that are supposedly tricky mind you we we yeah we were showing up the way the week after but uh but yeah to, it was encouraging when i saw it that even if we don't play well we can win 3-0 um but i don't think we played well yeah so i think um you kind of hit the nail on the head there about Angers being clumsy in front of goal uh i you know watching the game i kind of felt that uh I felt that we were, we, were, we weren't really that strong. I felt like if Angers had been a better team, they could have taken advantage of the amount of possession that we gave to them and the amount of occasions we gave away. So I'm just looking at the stats right now. Um, they had 16 shots, we we had 15. That's not a huge dip, you know, one shot less than them, and yet we won in 3 nothing. That's quite surprising. Um, and even the shots on target, there's not a huge difference between the two sides. So really, like, we are... In that game, we were very clinical in front of, um, well, I say very, but we were clinical enough to put three away. Um, we took our chances um, where Angers did not at all, and clearly they lacked like a proper front man. And that may, and, you know, had they had a like better striker, um, the result could have been very, very different, I think. Uh, they're not a bad team, but like, I mean, they were certainly, you know, playing better than us for large you know proportions of the game but yeah I think we were probably quite lucky to get away with three nothing but it was kind of interesting like because we were like, in, in the moments that we were effective we were brilliant but in other you know throughout the game we weren't consistent in that and uh, yeah it's just it was kind of strange game that that we I think I said it outside of the podcast that like we were like rubbish but great at the same time uh, very, we were clinical clear. clinical's the word clinical's the word isn't it we we just buried the chances that we did have and um and suarez missed a couple in the first half but then in the second half he um you know he scored um and and 
I think, yeah, it's just um, Angers indeed in the first half. I think, that, didn't they hit the post or something? There was a couple of mistakes by Cabaret on the right. Um, he's, a, he's a whole other topic we'll probably discuss when we when we cover the Angers game. Uh, sorry, the Ajaxia game too. But you can see there's something there with this kid. But but you can see that he's also, you know, he, he's, he's learning a new sort of system. And um, he, he's, he's pretty raw. But you can see that there's something there. And maybe he just needs consistent game time. But he's been a bit Ballardi-esque. Um, certainly against Angers, he, he gave the ball away, which led, I think they hit the post, didn't they, before we scored our first goal or something, or, or Paulo Lopez had to pull off a good save. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, again, look, I would have taken the three points after the international break and stuff, and, and no injuries was the key thing, um, because they, with the runner games that we now have coming up after playing Ajaccio, it's very tough, so those, those opponents are the ones we need to get points against, and, and not only we got a clean sheet, but we managed to fluke three goals, um, so all in all, you know, happy, happy evening, happy, happy performance. And we all had a good weekend because we played on a Friday night. But, um, I, you know, maybe Debbie Downer a bit here. But um, they, they, we were, again, not just because of the, well, actually, it was the same lineup more or less against Ajaccio on uh, on Saturday. But the, the Payet-Jefferson thing, clearly, thank fuck. Klaus had a blinder because we were, we were developing nothing through the middle until, uh, until Gendouzi came on and Arid came on. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's sort of since since just before the Rennes game, since the Frankfurt game, but certainly since the Rennes game, we are starting to see sort of cracks. I think we covered this on the last episode as well. And, and this was one of the questions we all asked with, with Julien and Alex was, is this the start of, of maybe... Um, you know, us getting found out a bit, and 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 the system being 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 over, well being just too predictable, and and I think we started seeing that against Angers, and we were lucky because they they were poor in quality, um, but but I certainly see signs, and I don't want to just put it down to Payet and Jackson because it's not just their fault that there are other reasons, but I, yeah, clearly we are not very attractive. Um, and we rely heavily on on some of our our individuals to, to make the difference with their quality. Mm, okay, uh, interesting. Um, actually, I just think going back to uh, Klaus uh, because you talked about how good he was in that match, and he was kind of the difference really between the to the two teams, perhaps. Um, I, it's just interesting because you got me thinking about. Um, I was listening to the Liga and official podcast the other day, and you were talking about Jonathan Klaus and his level, and in the context of the national team and stuff. And they were kind of like quite dismissive about that he's, you know, top top level. Um, they were sort of saying that he's kind of got a level within Liga, and but that's about it. Um, do you think that's a bit harsh? Because like in a game like that, we saw him like push to the left side and you know which he was play he played on the left, didn't he? Like um, a couple of weeks ago, and he didn't do very well. But this game, he just you know he was it was excellent. So I think yeah, I mean, I just, I, given where he like where he's come from, like in his like progression, I I I kind of feel like he might be a bit of a surprise for everyone um, in terms of where he can go. Yeah, he's been consistent, hasn't he, in Liga since he played for Lens? But but I'd let I'll let Jez obviously carry on. But I just wanted to say I I I didn't hear that podcast, but um, just I think a couple of days before the Angers game, I think it was part of the the Fran the French national team press thing. 
and they were they were interviewed him and did a bit of a, a little focus on him for Telefoot or something. I can't remember which media it was, but he admitted he was like, look, you know, yeah, you you know that I can play well and you've seen me at Lens and, and I'm I'm happy that I you know I put the effort in to be consistent and this is you know Marseille is, is the chance of, of of a lifetime for me playing in the Champions League and in, in the Villodrome for Marseille, big club and stuff. But he did also say he said, look, I'm I'll be honest though. I'm still coming to terms and my body's still coming to terms with playing every three days and and, and also and not only playing every three days, but also being being starter in a system that is so heavily reliant on myself and Tavares on the other side, where we are we are key um components of this team. And and so we're very um, you know, the expectation's heavy, but we're also very, very solicited and we have to make a lot of runs and a lot of uh, a lot of contributions. So Maybe we're just seeing him adapt, and, and you know, maybe maybe eventually, effectively, he'll go to the World Cup, and then there's a little break and stuff. Maybe he'll be better off in a few months, once once physically he's 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 adapted to that rhythm, and maybe in the second half of the season we won't have games every three days anyway. Um, but I, I certainly think that we, you know, you can't complain for someone who's never played this rhythm before. We can't complain about his level so far. He's been easily top three, um, not only signings but performance for me since the start of the season. Yeah, I agree. I've listened to that pod as well, and and I thought the same thing as you, uh, Steph. That yeah, they were a bit like, oh, he's he's the right back called in in French national team, sort of because there's nobody else at that level, and great that he great story, but great story, but not actually a a World Cup um, prospect kind of thing. Uh, you know, I, I guess I can I can understand where they come from. I think uh, a couple of years ago when he was doing it at last, every everyone was like really surprised has taken aback at how good it was and then last year uh he was good for half the season and the other half he was he was just okay but you know he's still rocked up what since the beginning of 21 22 i think uh, the two assists where he's um 14th and 15th assist in Liga uh, in in a year and so so it, it is he's getting really good performances i think what we're not seeing in uh in marseille that we've seen in Lens as well is his ability to take um set pieces he was taking all the set pieces in Lens, um and and he's got uh, this going for him as well, but of course it's um, in Lance it was a team where there was not maybe a lot of talent besides him for Fana and uh, like individual talent. It was more about collective and in Marseille it's a bit more relying on his individual talent and the game against Angers is the first time where we see him a ball to take over. But that's also you know not what we should expect about um, a right back or a wing back. Like is it's great when he can do it. All we want is that he's cross. Um, reach where they're supposed to reach and that he defends well and that's what he does most games so I, I did think it was a bit dismissive of him because you know name me another uh, right back in France that can cross the ball as well as as close and then maybe I can tell you that he doesn't he doesn't deserve his, his spot up there but I think for the past three years we haven't seen another right back who's able to consistently take his wing defend well go do good offensively whether he, whether it's long ball or short ball, waste very little ball, and and of course then uh, not hesitate to to go for goal when he has his sight. So uh, I'm pleased with with who he is. He's probably like that. That interview he gave was was quite candid, and I thought, you know, I mean, um, in my mind I thought I have a bit of ambition. Like it's you're in Marseille now. It's I understand that you're trying to understand what's going on, but also back yourself up. You're there because you're good. Um, so, so it, it was refreshing humility, but in my mind, I was also a bit like worried that oh, this is not we want we don't want that to be your ceiling yet. We want your ceiling to be, um, you know, at the end of the season when you're um, at the top of the table or just under, uh, and when you've been far in, in Europe, not just the fact that you've signed for Marseille should be a, should be the end of things. But it looks like he's a 
is a hard worker and he's consistent. Consistency is so important at this level. Um, so so hopefully he'll he'll prove everybody that even though he's coming in um, understated, that he'll just keep performing as well as he's been so far. Yeah, I I'm not, I'm um, just, sorry, go ahead, Steph. I didn't obviously I didn't hear the interview, but it's just what you're describing really tells a picture more about where Marseille are at in terms of, as a club in their level to hear one of their players speak like that. Um, it just shows that I, we, I are, we are not an elite club, basically. <laughs> well, we, 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 you know, we've had that discussion lots of times, and hopefully we're on our way back to be, becoming one eventually. But just just to close the thing on the on the national team thing, it's like well. Quite frankly, who the fuck else is, is out there right now who's playing better at that position? Um, and, and the answer is nobody, right? And that, the, the right-back position has been a huge problem for the French national team uh, since since even the, well during the World Cup 2018. You know, it was Pavard, and he's never been really convincing because he's a bit more of a centre-back, and he's not he doesn't have the close profile where he can overlap and cross and take players on. Um, and, and since Deschamps made the decision for whatever fucking reason to, to switch to, a, you know, three at the back and two wing backs, there is nobody better than Jonathan Clos at that position on the right. I'm sorry to say it. You know, the, the, what, what is the alternative? CDB, Mukele maybe uh, when he when he you know when he gets a bit more consistent. Um, so people just need to, to recognise that this is the state of the French squad at the minute with the system that Deschamps decided to play and maybe. If the World Cup goes badly and Deschamps ends up leaving, maybe a, a, a different manager comes in and plays a different system, and Cruz doesn't get called up anymore. But this is the way of, of uh, this is this is it. This is it. He's in the team because he's the best at that role, which is overlapping and crossing and contributing offensively. Um, okay. Um, so shall we move on to um, this weekend's fixture? So that was against Ajaxio. Uh, Obviously, there was a game in between. There was a sporting game, but we'll, we'll come to Champions League after this um, one. We just want to focus on the league right now. So, this is coming. So, we're coming into this game after beating Angers 3 0 and then also winning in the Champions League midweek. Um, this one's a bit of a. A bit of a letdown, isn't it? We just, we, I mean, obviously we lost the game 2-1. A um, little bit tepid of a performance at times. I think we started quite well in the first half, actually. I felt like we were kind of maybe a little bit too much like um, on autopilot. Um, it's, it just sort of felt like a little bit too casual. As if, the, you know, we were sure that we would win the game anyway. And when we started being confronted with... Uh, you know, a challenge. We didn't really step up to the plate and, and do much to to change the outcome of the game. So yeah, we lost two two one. And I don't know, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I think a lot has been said about how we've. I mean, this maybe was anticipated by a lot of people that this is quite normal when you go into the Champions League uh, European big European fixtures. Can you maintain that level of motivation, concentration, performance? when you come against games like this, where really there's not really a lot of excitement there. There's not a lot to, I mean, there is there's points to play for, but it's, I don't know. It doesn't have the same appeal. It's not got the same grandeur. So how do you, how do you, how do we maintain that? And that's clearly already at this stage of the season, season it kind of faltered there. Is that, do you think that's the reason motivation? Fitness? It, it, can, it can be motivation. I, I can understand that. You know, we, we've said that um, 
people have said about Paris Saint-Germain for forever that the reason why they don't perform in in the um, round of 16 quarterfinal etc is because they don't have the same amount of um, talent the rest of the time so seeing it the other way around the fact that you play in Champions League uh, then when you play Ajaccio you, um, you you're less you're less focused and, and then you can let points go but I mean, come on, you know, lose points against another team, right? Don't lose points against the bottom of the table uh, at home when, for sure, maybe everybody saw that the game was uh, was in the back before it even happened, which which is an issue in itself. Um, but I, don't, I think it's a, I think when you had this start of the season, and, and we'll talk about it when you have the games that are upcoming now, which is going to be uh, a complicated run up until the World Cup break. Um, I don't think you could afford to have lost points against Ajaccio. And and I'm afraid that, you know, if he had been losing points against a team that plays better football than you, it could have been a wake-up call up to that big run. But losing points against a team like Ajaccio, who didn't play better than you, which you didn't play well, uh, I'm, I'm always afraid that it's like something that can be seen as, oh, shit, I guess we're not good enough. And then it really affects the confidence of of the group as a whole. So I hope I hope that's not what happens. I'm I'm going to put my hand up and say that I do trust Tudor and how he's managed the team so far. So hopefully he jumps up. But yeah, the motivation might be the the reason. Um I think the 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 fact that maybe the, the player came up a bit I don't know condescending. Uh you know you score a goal early, you got that chance from Jerson, uh you got another half chance and you're thinking oh it should be ours and then they score one and you're thinking ah how many like this week this year already two two three times the team scored and then we were able to come back so we'll be able to come back no worries but then it doesn't happen and then you concede the second time uh, the second goal with the fluke it's I, I was genuinely disappointed by the lack of response and that scared me because it looked like it was just like last year just like the year before every time the same discussions we play against a team that's less good and instead of showing how superior we should be we just play as bad as they do. We just get stuck into their weaknesses. Um, we just miss a ton of opportunities just before the last pass. Um, and and I don't, I, yeah, it's just not good enough um, from where I stand. So yeah, motivation maybe. Um, it it's creamed a little bit of of lack of talent, and I think that's a bit scary. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, just to, just to echo your point that we've seen it. I feel like I've been seeing these kind of games for ten fucking years. And it's always at the Vinodrome, always at home, um, you know, and, and it's always sort of the same scenario where, and, and I, it's not always the same scenario, but it's always the same, you know, turgid, lazy um, expectation, overconfidence that, oh, we'll just do 70% because we're OM and they're a Jackson and 70% could be good enough to beat these bums. And, um, and, and it happens year after year where, Scenario wise, it's always we score the first, last year was it, it was Brest last year, I think, just before Christmas, where we could we score the first goal with Jason and then we do fucking nothing. We stop running, we stop playing, and the other team um doesn't doesn't do anything special, but they just win win more 50-50s for five minutes, and then suddenly they equalize and they're they've got nothing left to lose. And we're 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 totally incapable, as you say, Jez, of responding or or finding another gear and waking up and going, fuck, what the fuck are we doing here? We are actually going to have to work hard for this. And it's, you know, I mean, trying not to be over dramatic here. It's our first league on loss of the season. Um, but but it's the, the way it happened. I, I think I, I agree with you, Jeremy. I think that 
thankfully Trudeau and, and sort of summed it up as well in his post-game interview, which was that was fucking unacceptable. And and I don't ever want to see a repeat of us not running and not fighting for every blade of grass on the pitch. And, um, you know, we, we won't win every game. So losing is losing and we're going to lose more games this season. It's inevitable. However, I don't want to ever see us lose that way again. Um, so I, I, hopefully he, he sort of um, takes them. But it again, you know, echoing my analysis of the Angers game, it, it just it just highlights certain weaknesses that, that Ajaccio, well, didn't didn't necessarily block, but um, Tavares didn't have a great game. He had a few moments where he was good. Caboret sadly had a poor game. Um, you know, he missed passes, he missed crosses. Um, I just didn't, I wasn't impressed with him, but but I'm not going to kill him straight away, right? Because it's only his, his second or third game as a starter, but. Um, the, the, the problem is when when those when those positions who are so key to our to our build up or our attacking threats via crosses or overlaps and creating space for others in the middle through the overlaps aren't working and aren't performing well, regardless of the opponent, we don't have a plan B when when you start with Jason and Payet and uh, you know it just felt like that we're carrying those guys um, because for whatever reason, whether it's the system or they're not on form or they're, they're in the mood or fuck knows what, they just, they've just they not been great, um, especially Payette. But uh, we have another deeper problem, which is, which is and, and also, I think we touched on this in the last podcast, but Jordan Vertou, I don't understand what, what the point of this guy is. I, I just don't see anything, any contribution from him. Um, it's even worse when he's playing next to Rongier because they're, they're so similar, the profiles-wise. I thought Bertou was more of a playmaker profile, but I, I've certainly not seen it so far. And um, it, it just felt like we were playing with, with nine men at times during, during the second half because there was just no contribution from him or Payet for a long time, um, whether that was you know picking out a pass between the lines or or, or, or making a decisive tackle or, or, or whatever. I just don't see a way how where that lineup in the system that we play is an effective lineup um regardless of the opponent because it, they, they just don't seem complementary in terms of profiles there's no energy when Gendouzi and Arit aren't there and there's and even under we don't have a profile when those three are out of the team where someone takes a risk or or actually takes on an opponent opponent and tries to, to create danger it's just too too negative there's too much lateral play it's not it's not direct enough so Again, yeah, Jez, I agree. I hope that, that Trudeau fixes it, but but he's not going to change the system. I just think he starts really getting a grasp of who's who's who can play in the same lineup as, from the start of the game and who's who's not going to be a handicap and 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 who's actually going to make differences. But um, it, it was a very worrying confirmation that that lineup just can't work for me, and we we have too many players that um, aren't on form. To the point where, when the wing back system doesn't work, and and we, we just have no plan B. See, I I actually I know like there is a problem with Pai and Gerson and the ability or willingness to press and to contribute to the overall um, team performance, and I guess they're a bit lacking tactically um, as well. But I really enjoy watching Gerson play. Even in in that game against Ajaccio, I, I thought he had. I just every time the ball comes near him, I, I I like what I see for the most part. Like he does things that are, 
that are interesting, that are um, in, in entertaining, and, and I, 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 I think he should be there. And I, in Pi, it's a, diff, a difficult one, but um, because he's obviously like our most talented player, even if he is old and past it. Um, but yeah, the two of them don't work. They don't work together, or and at least they don't work together in that system. Playing the, the two of them playing behind the striker, there might be a, a way of um, featuring both in the eleven. But you'd have to change the system probably. And my issue actually with this is because I missed quite a few games before this run of games. You know, earlier in the season, and then I kind of come back into watching the team from I, I probably got a fresher perspective on it and not had gone through what a lot of you have already seen. Um I personally I don't really like this team very much, I have to I have to say. I don't find it that interesting to watch. I find it very um it's very predictable, a little bit robotic, just sort of same thing every game, slightly different personnel, um, same system, doesn't mix it up. I don't really get it. I don't really see as being a. I, I don't see this the great attacking team that I was that we were told about that that Hellas Verona were. But I also don't see. I see a. I, I see a team that's like sober, that's like competent. But I don't really see it as particularly that solid. And I see that there's a lot of like okay players in it, a lot of good players, but not really that many great players in this side. I actually think that this team. Is probably and a bit like under some Pali as well, do, performing better than what it's than its actual real worth. I don't. I, 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 yeah, so I'm not I'm not blown away by it, but I I think I probably put the blame mostly on the the coach. I just think fucking hell, man. Like when players key players are missing, like don't play the three four three all the time. Like do something different because it's not going to work. And in a game like that, why isn't he switching it up into something different when we are losing the game and we're not really like showing much to suggest that we're going to come back into it? So, yeah, I'm not. I'm a bit disappointed in the manager. I just feel like he's a bit limited. Stubborn. Too stubborn, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I, I get that you have to turn over because of fatigue. And, and yes, Saturday was... was you know, because of um, of uh, injuries as well. You know, Klus is injured. Gendouzi apparently has a knock, didn't play. Um, but I, I didn't, for one, I don't know if, if Jez, you, you you know why, but I didn't fucking understand why he, he started Ruben Blanco. Why would you, why turn over the goalkeepers? There's no fucking need to. Um, I've looked, so I've looked for it I, and didn't, didn't find any information about it. Yeah, me neither. But, but I, I would go so far as saying, but... You know, and again, this with ifs we can reinvent football, right? But I'm I'm not sure that with Paul Lopez on the on the pitch, and with the fact that he knows Balerdi and stuff, I don't think that second goal we concede that. I think that Paul Lopez is probably a bit more affirmative and 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 shouts to to Balerdi to you know to to to, See, to let him know. So I'm not sure about that. I I, I think both. Both goals. I mean, I'd probably need to go back and watch them again. But both goals for me were the fault of defenders. Um, I thought it's the, the passivity, uh, just being too passive. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first one in Bemba, like he's not he aggressive so. enough um, in the challenge, and that's not the first time we've seen that this season. And, and I think we've seen it in other games. Um, I think with Bayi and Bellardi in particular, um, just kind of like following players, just watching them, but not really like 
um, shown enough like intent. But yeah, so I think that I think he was to blame the second one. Obviously, Bellard. It's a bit unlucky, but how many how many times can usual we, suspects, isn't it? Sadly? Yeah, how many times can we put up with this guy making a mistake <laughs> this season? I, I'm kind of losing my patience with him a bit, and I was one that always kind of defended him initially at OM, thinking that there is. Uh, you know, there's talent there that he can still blossom, but I'm kind of done with him. I think he's just going to let us down repeatedly. Anyway, uh, tops and flops. Anyone got any like players you want to highlight before, uh, with this game, good or bad? Jeremy, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know who uh, who would have been good good in that game. I think everybody was. Probably a bit disappointed past the 20th minute just by the fact that, um, yeah, they just didn't push together. I mean, when Amit Hare all of a sudden comes in, now there's a little bit more movement. So if anything, maybe he was uh, the, be- the best performer in that game. But there was just such a lack of coordination in everything they were doing when they were defending. He was not as the whole team. When one of the um, when one of the centre back, whether it was Mbemba or Gigo, was trying to create the difference by going up front. Uh, he wasn't being followed. Like too many times, we were seeing players just raising their hand, asking for um, asking for solutions. So yeah, top. I'm not sure. Flops. 100% the two wing backs, uh, Tavares and and Caboret. And um, you know, I have I have a, a bit to say about them too. But I'm going to pass it on to to Ben. What do you think about um, Isa Caboret, Ben? I, I said it a bit earlier, you know, I think the, the, the kid obviously has potential. Man, Manchester City would not have, have invested so much on him um, if, if they didn't think so and loan him to us, right? But he's he's raw and he, he Payet's a bit the same analysis, um, but, but I think it's, you could say this about many players, really. Um, he, he needs a run of games and he needs to, to, to adapt to his teammates. Um, but you can see that he's got the athletic qualities um, but defensively, he Tavares sure has has limitations, but athletically he and with Ligan, he he he's been a, good enough to recover so far this season. Every time he's been caught out, he just tends to catch up with the guy. Um, but but Caboret, um, where I where I I well I wouldn't say worry about him, but where I've seen the most mistakes from him is when we when we try to play out from the back, which we try to do a lot. Um, he seems to panic when the ball gets to him. Um, and you know, Nelly cost us a goal against Angers, and um, and against Ajaccio, it meant that he was always on the back foot because by the time he's received the ball when we play out from the back, he, he tends to sort of panic and get rid of it very quickly or or, or pass it back. Um, so I I want to see more from him before I make a judgment, but um, it, it clearly he's going to need to improve. And and, and the, I think he also suffers from the comparison when you see the level that Klus is playing at, sadly, um, expecting, you know, a 20-year-old kid to, to come in and contribute the same level as, as Klus that's been on, on on really good form for the last three seasons is, is asking a bit much. So sadly, he suffers from that too. But, um, I, you know, just very quickly, I mean, the only the only top I could find from the last couple of, uh, the last three games overall is, is Arit, really, because he... he you know, very impressed with the level he's 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 shown since he's come back um, from Schalke, and he was a last-minute signing. And um, I did say over the summer, you know, if it was 10 million, I didn't want us to put that on him because he's not shown me anything last season. He wasn't consistent enough, even though he showed glimpses of uh, really good, really real talent and real ability. But praise to him, um, he, he's been you know the most sort of um, dangerous player on the pitch for the last three games, certainly. 
Um, but I will I will put um, you know I don't want to bash Payet, but but he's he's hasn't started this season yet clearly, even though he broke the the, 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 the you know he got the hundred goals, he wanted it. Um, he's just he just doesn't look fit or interested for whatever reason. Um, that's, that's it really. That's the takeaway is that we um, we now know that when we are missing our energetic players or we decide not to start our energetic players like Arit uh, Gendouzi, we are we we struggle. Yeah, um, it wasn't um, just to correct you there. Sorry, it wasn't a hundred goals, or was it for Pai? It was it's a hundred goals and assists, isn't it? Um, but I think other... he's got over. I think he's closer to 110 assists. But um, yeah, it? It was, he broke he broke the hundred goal mark, and that's you know, congrats to him. That he's the only player oh, ever league and not league for league so far. Okay. Yeah, 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 so okay. far. But um, but but again, you know, I don't want to shit all over him because I do that too often. But at the end of the game. They interview him and and he just talks about himself. He's like, yeah, happy to break the record. You know, I've done a lot here, blah blah blah. Fuck, mate. Like you, you, you're captain of a team that's just been embarrassed at home by the the the, the, the you know the, the bottom team in Liga. Um, I, I'd expect a Sana to come out and say, I don't give a fuck about the record. To be honest with you, I'm really pissed off that we we shut ourselves. Um, and blah blah blah. But it's, yeah, again, another reason why I dislike the dude. Um, I'll just uh, to answer your question as well, Jeremy. Um, the uh, Cabori, I've not really been that impressed with him. I, he's quite an interesting player. I didn't see his first appearance at Marseille. Um, I only saw, I've only seen him maybe like three times. Um, and I, yeah, I just haven't really been that blown away with him. I thought he kind of looked a little bit out of his depth at times, just not ready, as you said, Ben, a little bit raw. But I'm just. I don't really see the point in that signing. I think as a backup to Klaus, is he any better than Lirola would have been as a backup? I don't know. Um, his crossing, he looks like, you said he's, he looks quite good physical. He can whip in a cross. It's technically, his crossing looks good, but they never go to anyone. They're just, they're, they're not actually like aimed at any players by the looks of it. So every time I just see he whips in his balls and nobody's on the end of it. Um, it's a bit pointless, really. I think he's the kind of player that looks... Okay, but I'm not sure the substance is really there. Um, and I, at the moment, from what I've seen, I can't see him being anything. Uh, see, I don't think he stands out particularly against any other young right wing, right back, or right wing back in, in Ligue 1. But he is young, and maybe he'll prove me wrong. As you said, he's yeah. physically looks good. Technically, he's okay. Maybe there is potential there, and he could develop into a very good player. But I, from what I've seen, I, I I'm a bit meh, not not yeah, I mean, it, not blown away. It, it, yeah, his crossing was was appalling on Saturday. It was dog shit, absolutely shocking crossing. He he, I think he had six clear crossing opportunities. Rewatching the highlights um, yesterday, and he he, I think he got one to a teammate out of the six, and I think there were a couple of them where he hits them straight into the fucking stand. Um, but but beyond that, yeah, to to answer, I guess your analysis, uh, the conclusion of your analysis, Steph, for me is. Apparently, I think Man City have, have included an option to buy 20 million. These worth not, not a chance. Right yeah, now. I wouldn't go near it. Yeah, that's awesome. possible. yeah no chance. Um, should we just uh, quickly preview uh, Sunday's game uh, against Paris Saint Germain? So that's obviously the, the big uh, fixture um, of the first half of uh, maybe. Well, it's obviously one of our biggest fixtures of the season. Um, obviously, Paris Saint Germain are top in the league. 
funnily, this uh, I mean, it's kind of hilarious that we lost this game to Ajaxio, uh, given that um, <laughs> we've been overtaken by uh, Lorient. Uh, I mean, who who would have known they would be second in the league? <laughs> but it's a pretty funny season. But anyway, we're third place. We've got PSG coming up on Sunday. PSG been a bit up and down, really. Like although like they're kind of cruising for the most part. Like they've kind of uh, I think probably dropped a few points and had a few performances that are a little bit underwhelming at times, and they look a little bit like no, I wouldn't say disjointed, but there's definitely like. Well, uh, and it's, I guess this is like maybe the media reading too much into this, but there is, it doesn't look entirely harmonious um, on the pitch. But is it a game that we can get anything from? I think it's a game that we should like definitely go to get something from. Because um, if if we if we do get a result, we we go back near near them on the on the table. Um, but it's you know. It, it always, I think every year is the same situation and this year is no different. It depends, you know, which Marseille shows up and which PSG shows up. You just hope that um, Tudor is not going to tell his team, and I'm sure he's not going to tell his team, um, to to just respect Paris Saint-Germain too much and to be afraid of what they can do and da-da-da and to just play football. At the end of the day, when, when, when we played the way we played in the beginning of the season, uh, it's about our direct attacking, it's about our high press, it's about our use of the width. Uh, and it's also what Paris Saint-Germain is trying to do. So uh, it's going to be really just minimizing the amount of mistake that we can make and capitalizing on the mistake that they will make because they make mistake every time they play. Uh, and, and you know, we, we say that we don't have the creativity up front and that we have players that maybe um, don't press enough or something. They, they have the creativity certainly up front, uh, but they have the same issue defensively. They are um, disorganized and uncoordinated. So, so there is... 100% room to to get something. Uh, they are not they are not strong yet. Paris Saint Germain as they should be. I think all the half of the results that they've been getting uh, they've been getting them just thanks to their um, you know talented individualities and and Neymar and Messi basically um, nicely but surely racking up for the World Cup. So so yeah. So the 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 positive for us I guess in a sense is that if you I'm I'm fairly confident that if you bring the physicality up. Um, the PSG players are going to almost stop playing. You can see that in their head, uh, they, they have the World Cup and nobody wants to get injured before it. And, and we've seen it this weekend when they played against France as well. Um, so I think there's definitely room for us to uh, to do something at the Parc des Princes. I don't think this, this Paris Saint-Germain team, um, you know, he's, he's too concerned about what the classic means or, or anything like that. And, and you know, we, with luck, we, we see Neymar getting a third red card against Marseille. Uh, and things and things go well for us, but uh, but it's not going to happen just magically, right? We need to make sure that uh, Tudor brings about the right fighting spirit to the team and the, let the team know that what he said in the post conference that he means it. Uh, you know, maybe change a couple of things um, to, to to kind of go back to what we are talking about with Caboret. Is Caboret is not the right guy on the right. Just try somebody else, even if you have to put Rongier um, like we like Sampoli was doing last year, but do. Put somebody there that when the ball goes to him, the whole team is not afraid that we're not going to go forward and we're going to have to protect our defense instead because that's what we've seen this weekend. And if you feel that way against a team like Paris Saint-Germain, then you're going to get stuck into your half. And that's not the football that we've played so far. So I definitely think that there's room to do something uh, against Paris, given how they've been playing um, recently. 
uh, obviously we we should you know look at ourselves first and make sure that we perform well to try and get a result there that's cool please jeremy you production jeremy sorry can you, you got predict a prediction score? Oh, prediction. Excuse me. Uh, I, I think I think one zero for Marseille. Oh wow! Oh, I'm just that guy. Uh, I, I don't have a lot to add, really. Um, you know, fully agree with you, Jeremy. And and yeah, you know, look at if we look just at PSG, been good, all right, not so good, whatever. Yeah, they, Ramos is suspended. Kim Pembe is out. They, they're going to have a makeshift defense against us. Um, and, but, but suck. That's not good for us. <laughs> well, yeah, but 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 you know, it's going to end up with Danilo Pereira dropping back, which means they're going to they're going to start uh, Vitinha or someone a bit a bit dodgy in midfield, right? Um, but whatever. But but the, the, again, you know, Jeremy, you, you you nailed it. Is last year the second half of the season when we went to play these guys, we were on the nine game fucking unbeaten run, and what did Sampoli and the team do? We went there. In, in fucking Roman Roman soldier, you know, um, tortoise, all shields up. We did not fucking play. We didn't we didn't even go for it at any single point in the game. And we we just we would we looked quite content to play out for the draw and and, and not not take a spanking really. Um, and so that's that's the conclusion again. Um, is it depends fully on on Tudor and Marseille's intentions. And we will we will only get a result if we fight for it. If we don't fight for it. And we see uh, we see the team do what AVB did and what what Sampoli did, and and we see Trudor uh, try and limit the damage and, and and nullify PSG rather than actually go for it and go you know what fuck it everybody's expecting us to lose anyway we might as well um, push them about a bit and 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 be a bit you know if we, if we I I honestly believe if we start aggressively and we kick Neymar about a bit and we kick Mbappe a bit and we kick a couple of others around. They're going to start getting pissed off and moaning to the referee, and Verratti will get his, his classic yellow card in the first 20 minutes. And then from there on, if we don't concede, it's anyone's game because it's going to be a battle, not not a football game, and it's not going to be about the football talent. It's going to be about um, you know Bay and then Memba um, running, keeping pace with Mbappe and Neymar, and, and, and pushing them over when they need to, and, and, and nibbling at their ankles with every challenge. That's what it's going to come down to, um, but I won't be as optimistic as you, Jeremy. I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for a 1-1 one, one draw. I'll take that. Well, I'm going to be really miserable and say I think we'll probably lose 2-0. Because um, I think that we probably, if we do show a bit of uh, um, aggressiveness, we'll probably, if that's a word, aggressiveness, um, we'll probably try to kick Mbappé and Neymar for the first 20 <laughs> minutes and then they'll just score. And that's kind there, of that's still, often um, what happens, isn't it? And then they just break us down, true. and then we kind of. There, there are still question really... marks whether whether Messi's going to play because he's out tomorrow. But I would expect that he's going to play if he's if he's being rested. He was rested on on Saturday against Brest, and if he's rested again tomorrow, I, I you would think that the the, the 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 intention is that he starts on Sunday. And frankly, uh, you know, Messi's back to Messi levels so far this season for PSG. Um, and he he is my main concern because he's on form and if he's had a bit of a rest, as you say, Steph, yeah, he could he could easily just score two two messy goals where he, he dribbles four of our players and fucking chips the keeper, right? Especially can you imagine uh, Leonardo Bellardi defending against Lionel Messi? 
Imagine, yeah. imagine, imagine he he trips and, and breaks his ankle or something, and Messi misses the World Cup. <laughs> that would be so bad. I don't, I don't he think injures, he injures that happens, to be honest, because quite like Argentina, like they're, they're quite a fun team to watch. So I know, but that would be so Benardi, wouldn't it, to injure injure his compatriot and be fucking blacklisted yeah, forever yeah, yeah, yeah. from the, the national Absolutely. team for that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so uh, we'll move on to Champions League. Um, and I'm just looking at the time; it's getting on a bit. So, uh, Sporting. So we played Sporting last week. Sporting were top of the group, weren't they? And we'd lost the first two games. Uh, so uh, expecting ourselves to get pumped <laughs> is what I was thinking. But actually, I didn't think that. I'm, I'm lying because Sporting. I was aware before the game that Sporting. Um, well, having they're having a bit of a up and down season, haven't they? They've not been as good as they were in the previous years. Um, but anyway, so we won four one. Very sorry, we were at home. What am I talking about? Um, we, we won four one, and um, I think we were kind of lucky in this one, weren't we? Because even though we went down early, um, their goalkeeper just—I don't know—it was almost like he was paid by Marseille to play really, really badly. But oh, was, I can't really, was, I can't was, explain it otherwise because he like <laughs> he literally created the goals for us. Um, like it wasn't even just like he fumbled a shot or anything. He like passed the ball to us. He, I mean, I just just like one thing after the other. But it was just it was fantastic. Anyway, so he, we 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 won the game. That I think in my view, you can tell me if you agree. But I think we largely won the game because of the goalkeeper fucking up, and then he got sent off as well, and it made it impossible for Sporting to really come into the game after that. Um, it was the game was finished, wasn't it? Um, once he was off, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was a, a little bit like Angie in that the result made it look like we were probably better than what we actually were but in this game we were never really didn't have to be uh, I'll let Jeremy go first I was just gonna gonna laugh about the goalkeeper thing I mean it's, it's flashbacks to the you know the early 90s and, and some of the dodgy tapi games where uh, you know they put something in the fucking opposition drinks opposition teams drinks and food poisoning and all of those scandals it just it just felt like that yeah yeah it, it definitely did feel, did feel like that when I when I saw them, you know, scoring off the bat 55 seconds, and of course all the all the bullshit that happened before the game, right? The game is delayed, and then it's delayed again into the uh, into the um, the corridor that the players of uh, Sporting are coming up, and I, and I see this live, and I'm like, oh wow, they they know exactly how to beat Marseille, right? Because Marseille is still a rather inexperienced team, and and Sporting Portugal is uh, uh you know j- just sort of being stereotypically Portuguese, I guess, for for all the the Portuguese um, teams that I've played against in my in my short career, where it's always uh, you know the um, in in French we say the, the vis, like uh, as all, all the little things that you can find to try and get a psychological advantage on your on your opponent, they did that, uh, and so they do this and then they score after 55 seconds, and I'm like, wow, they they've really nailed that, and and no no question why they they won the first two games in Champions League, but then yeah, I mean I mean. Fuck, thank fuck for Adam. Like he, he. I don't, I don't know if he won the game. I think he definitely won the game for us. And uh, you know, obviously there was a, a, a pretty large amount of jokes and comments made about him. But yeah, if you look for a number ten to replace Payet, just get him in, because um, he's he's probably our our best goal provider this uh, this season. Uh, it's it, it's great. You know, we got we got the win against a team that is supposedly better than us. 
um, as far as what they've shown in Europe, because you know they they beat both Frankfurt and Tottenham and and they beat them playing good football. Um, but it's also, I guess, you know, it, I do I don't want it to be. Oh, well, finally, we won the Champions League game before the last one of the group, uh, and, and you know the uh, the curse is is gone or whatever. We're going to have to go there and to get a result if we don't want to look uh, too ridiculous. And they're getting um, some of their more important player back, like um, being Coates and, and Pedro Porro. Um, so they they're going to have a real team. And I think you know if we face them 11 against 11 in the Velodrome, empty or not, I think we struggled to get a result. So we're lucky that. Adan gave that goal to Alexi and then gave that goal again to Harit and then decides to put his hand uh, out of the out of the box. I mean, it really looked like patch fixing all he did in uh, in these 15 minutes. Uh, but anyway, I'm I'm wondering if uh, if somebody had somewhere a bet about you know uh, a, a red card and uh, and a mistake from from Adan, he probably got a bit of money from there. Um, so it, it's good that after that, you know, we, we know also that you could play against a 10-man Sporting. And just completely crumble and let them come back to you. And and he wasn't far off. Um, there was a few saves, one before we even score by Lopez, and one a bit later on that probably also saved us uh, down the line. And and we didn't give up. And even against ten men, we we sort of didn't um, look down on them and kept playing and scored that third and fourth goal. Uh, so so there's positive to to get in there. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a huge warning. Um, for when we're going to play in Portugal, because they expect us now. They know what we can bring to the table. They know that we press high, uh, and and I think they're going to uh, to have in their mind that they have to smash the team that smashed them the week before. So um, I'm a bit worried about this this coming weekend, this coming week. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to. Something I observed actually. I, I don't really think maybe there is much to it, but um, the goal that we lost against Sporting Trincao. Through the it comes down through the right, cuts in on the left, scores a nice goal. Different personnel, but a bit similar to the goal that we lost against um, Ajaccio. Uh, Ajaccio, the first oh, yeah. goal, yeah, no, exactly the same. Agree. Um, it's just passivity. It's just watching them play, and and and, and the, the, regardless of the personnel, there seems to be a bit of confusion, especially against Sporting, as you say, Steph. That goal, where. It looks like you you see there's four OM players within within two meters of him, and and it just felt like watching the replay over and over. It just feels like each play, each of the Marseille players is expecting someone else to go for him, and and yeah. there seems to be a little bit of confusion or or oh shit was it me was it you oh but my player is running that way oh but you know surely the priority must be to, to block the ball and shut and let's be honest he, you know he scores a bit of an amazing goal but effectively he he has 10 seconds on the ball um and and against your breasts and your well Ajaccio no but you know against your your, your shitty league teams um it's you can get away with that but in the Champions League you can't and and typically Marseille we every fucking mistake we make we get punished at that level um, it's the same for many other teams, but but we we certainly are, are one of the unlucky is not the worst, but we're, we're one of the guiltiest teams. Is that we 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 pay the, the the heaviest price for every mistake we make, whether that's um, Rongier, you know, um, deflecting the ball onto the Frankfurt striker in in the in the last game. So it, it is what it is, and I, I, again, I don't want to be to, to be anti anti OM fans and anti Velodrome, but but I'm not convinced that with a full stadium. Uh, we've recovered from conceding that early goal. I'll be very honest. Even if they're at ten men, I just I, I just fear that we would have 
um, you know, they would have defended for their lives in a hostile environment and stuff. And who knows? It might, I don't think. I, I think the reaction of the Bildung to going behind that early would have been super fucking hostile, especially after the Frankfurt performance. And um, I think that would have that, that it wouldn't have been as, as illusionary, comfortable a win as it was against Angers. It's the same thing against Angers. We're very flattered by the scoreline. Um, because in the second half, we, we, whether it was deliberate or not, we did fuck all. We did nothing. We didn't, you know. And, and I think maybe it was an instruction, which was, you know, guys in the Champions League, we know, we know that we can get, we can get countered, and there's quality in the oppos- opposition team. So don't expose ourselves too much, etc. But regardless of that, there was just like there was a, a bit of a dip in quality. You know, we were missing passes, and we we were always passing it back and and, and not going for it when there was clearly space at times. So. I, you know, the only takeaway I have is I'm glad we've we've won a game and we scored four goals and and it, they weren't penalties and we've you know we sort of got we, we're not at risk of of having another horrible um, you know series of of defeats in the Champions League and embarrassing ourselves yet again and stuff and because Frankfurt and Tottenham drew we're still in the fucking chance somehow of qualifying from the group right um, however. It was very flattering and, and moment of madness from their goalkeeper and and even the, the substitute goalkeeper was shit when he came on too. Um, it's not going to be the same game on Wednesday and we need to step up and and uh, who knows you know if we get a result or whatever um, it could it, even a draw I think is good enough and then and then you beat Frankfurt at home and then who knows maybe maybe you could still get second place um, by by playing Tottenham at home as well so you beat Frankfurt away um, but. Uh, yeah, again, maybe the players might be might be thinking about Sunday already, um, and 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 we could we could shit ourselves. So happy we've we we got a win and we're we and we we've got points on the board and we've got goals, but um, still not convinced that, that that improves our chances in any any sense of, of qualifying from this group. It may just be, uh, you know, one win and and that's it. Okay. Um, should we do um, predictions in for um, this week's return fixture? I, I'll say one-one one again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be repetitive, but I think I'll, I'll, I would sign for a one-one draw away. That, that you know we, we perform well and we, uh, we we're okay, but we we, we play it safe and, and get a, get a point. I think I'd be happy with that. I think I think we we might lose that game in in Portugal. Let's say. Uh, I'd say three-one for uh, sport for Sporting, and uh, and you know I'd, I'd rather I'd, I would I think I would definitely would rather finish third of that group and go and actually compete in Europa League than than go through and then and then get smashed in like round of 16 or quarterfinal. 100% um, agree. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd I'd rather like if in an ideal world I'd rather like I'd give that game away in Portugal, I'd win against Paris, and then we try and and get a result from the le- next two ones so that we can finish third. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, I think Sporting Portugal are going to come out with a chip on their shoulder, uh, and I think we might suffer. And if we don't suffer, that's going to be a lot of energy um, dropped in in that game. So so yeah, I, I almost I'm hoping for like a three-one win for for Sporting, and then we we are revengeful when we when we go to Parc des Princes. I'm afraid I'm going to have to be Mr. Pessimist again, but I'm going to say we're going to lose two-one. So. Um, yeah, 2-1. I'll I, be generous. I don't think we're going to get hammered, but I think we'll struggle to yeah, to come away with anything. I think these teams are just, like in Europe, these Portuguese teams, they're just 
bit more experienced. They're used to playing in these competitions every year, but also they're just always very good te- technically. They know how to move the ball about. They're efficient with the ball. They're just always in even yeah they're always in a different level from from us and other French teams. So uh, I yeah I would expect them to outplay us to be honest. Um, wasn't wasn't there a stat um, after we beat them? I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't we the only French team to have ever beaten a Portuguese team by more than two goals in Europe? I think there's something along those lines, isn't it? Someone, said, Julien was talking about something, wasn't he, in the last episode about performances against um, other leagues in Europe? It wasn't that, was it, you're referring to? No, uh, no, I mean, there, there, there was an official statement. I think we, we, like, in terms of French team against Portuguese teams, I think we're the, we're the only ever French team to beat... Uh, a Portuguese team by more than um, by more than a, a, a one goal or two goal cushion, something along those lines. Um, but but it, again, it's fucking irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we'll see. I, I yeah, I don't. I'd be surprised two games in a row to come away with much against them. Um, okay, so I think that's probably it tonight. Um, we've covered quite a few games. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's a Pretty, pretty, pretty jam-packed uh, fixture schedule at the moment and it's going to be until the World Cup uh, so it's quite difficult to get episodes out after you know we keep talking about wanting to podcast after episodes but it's just really difficult to sort of get them together in such a short space of time but um, yeah, hopefully we'll get some more out um, soon and it was good it's certainly enjoyable for me to be back I feel a bit rusty but it's good to to, um, to be here um, so yeah, thanks guys. Enjoyed that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was thanks. Thanks for for, for hosting. <laughs> it, was, it was a welcome break personally. <laughs> yeah, Brilliant. thanks for having me. It was it was great. It's uh yeah, it's definitely a, a busy run of fixture coming. What Paris, Lens, Lyon, Strasbourg, Monaco, all that before the the break. It's going to be a interesting to see how Tudor um, manages all that. Yeah, thank you. And and sorry if I if I may um plug something that I should have. Uh, I've, I've recorded like an hour and something long um, special uh, Classico episode with uh, with my friends at Le Classic Pod who's going to drop on, on Friday. And it was actually um, fun to talk about like the Paris-Marseille rivalry um, sort of like mm. throughout the years and, and the history of it and where it comes from. And uh, and I was doing it solely from the Marseille point of view, not as like a, a Ligue 1 um, person. So, uh, so I had a good time and I think it's going to be worth the, the listen to, to tease us for the big game of Sunday. Mm, sounds Sweet. good. Yeah. Um, so good to have you back as well. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye bye.